Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you got team updates for us? Yeah, um, you know, good to be back. Um, obviously, you know, happy MLK Day. Um, from a player standpoint, you know, we um, gave them some options, some some community service options that they can do today. Um, schools closed, so obviously they're not, you know, no weight lifting or anything. Um, today's a day to, you know, remember Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, and then as a coach's standpoint, you know, we did a little, I uh, went to MLK breakfast this morning, um, which, which was a, which was an awesome and, and an amazing speaker. Spoke 19-year-old young lady that goes to Harvard. Um, I can't remember her her, her full name. I said I said Travis. I don't remember her name, but I had the program at home, and she was really good, very inspiring. So, uh, so just taking some time today to to reflect on you know what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King meant to everybody, and then um, you know and then get a chance to watch watch a little football later on. So. Yeah, your team coming up here today, so I know you're going to be pretty excited about that. Or nervous. One of the yeah, two. Nervous. I say nervous. <laughs> well, let's go into fan questions for this week, and we'll start out with Ray, who would like to know. He says, Coach, I don't know if you heard this or not, but California is looking into banning tackle football for children under 12. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, as things evolve, and I, it's hard for me to – to really comic. I started playing tackle football at six, and then I took some time off, played soccer for a while, and didn't get back into tackle football until about maybe eleven or twelve. So I can I can I can make argument both ways, and I can see the merit of keeping the hits off of the kids. Um, but again, I think I've said it on the show, not recently, but in the past, if you're teaching tackling the right way, shouldn't be an option. But again, you just never know who's teaching teaching the game at that level, man. What what the certification you know, the caliber coach you got. So, yeah, I could see them. I could see them if they did a study and they've seen a lot more head injuries or a lot more injuries, period. I could see them bending it till 12. So, I can I can see the argument. Next up is Jim who says, Coach, it looks like Jim Harbaugh is going to be the coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. How do you see him fitting in there? I think, it, <laughs> I think it's all going to matter, you know, do you align with the president and the GM? You know, if, if they can align – because Jim, Jim Harbaugh, as good as, as, as I praised him last week or two weeks ago, as good as a coach as he is, he, he's a little different. You know, so they can all align. I think he's one of the best in the business as far as just flat-out coaching him up. You know, got a quarterback with a big arm. What's the roster look like? How much of the roster is he going to be in charge of? It's different. NFL and college is different. Now, you can go out and recruit um, to hand-pick. Where in the NFL, you don't know what pick you get. You know, you gotta, you know, you, you get slotted sometimes. So, but the positive of it is he's done it before. He did it at the 49ers and he took them to a Super Bowl. So he's got he's got some experiences there too as well. So we'll see. Leon says Nick Saban retiring from Alabama, uh, Bill Belichick leaving the New England Patriots. Do you think those are the two greatest coaches at their level of all time? Hmm. Wow. You know what? I always have this argument of, like, who are the top five NFL coaches of all time, um, and Belichick is, is in there. I never really thought about the top five college coaches of all time, but I have to say, yeah, Nick Saban's in there. So, yeah, I'd say, yeah, they're, they're, they're the best, man, that they are. Next up, we have Billy who says, Coach, the Cowboys are a joke. Do you think that da- Dak Prescott is just overrated because he doesn't seem to get the big victory for the Cowboys? Man, that's so tough. Um there's so much that goes into games, man. I, and, I, and I'm not a Cowboys fan. Not to say I feel bad for Dak, but I mean those guys went out and, you know, they they they, they didn't try to lose the game. I mean, so Green Bay had a good plan. They executed it, and it always comes down to like we talk about Saturdays in the Mayak or Sundays in the NFL. I mean, it comes down to who can execute, you know. And and Green Bay flat out out executed Dallas, and 
there was a couple, I think it was two plays where they had guys cut wide open loose, man. You can't do that. So um, they just got out executed. Um, Dak is an NFL quarterback. I think he is. He's, he's capable. You know, it just hasn't been getting it done. Yeah, if you leave somebody open in the NFL, you're going to pay the price for that one. Our our buddy Andre returns for, for a couple of questions for you. He says, Coach, there's lots of rumors around here in Philadelphia that the Eagles are having issues in their locker room. Do you think that is just hype, or there's something that's really reality here? <laughs> Dre, I appreciate you uh, continue to participate after I lied to you for the last five weeks. Um, not on purpose, <laughs> but I generally did think that we were going to be okay. Uh, I'm nervous. Uh, I don't trust these guys at all. <laughs> so I'm hoping that they can find a way to put together. But I tell you what, man, a lot of a lot of ticks and fleas come out when you start losing. I mean, you go on a five-game losing streak, a lot of finger pointing starts to happen. And so, so hopefully Coach Sirianni can keep it together, uh, keep the group together. Um, it's a win. This is a I shouldn't say a winnable game because of the playoffs. Bucks are going to be tough. Um, so we need to go and we need to play our best football that we can possibly play tonight. So this is going to be a big one. Weather shouldn't be an issue. I mean, we need to play well tonight, man. I don't, and A.J. Brown is down, so hopefully um, our number um, – gosh, I can't remember number six's name, but the kid from Alabama can play well and we can run the football, so we'll see. He'd also like to know, how do you handle locker room dysfunction if you've ever faced that? Yeah, you know, it happens. Um, I can tell you right now that one of the things I'm the most proud of um, in the 2022 season, when we, we ripped off we, – we lost – we had a big losing streak going, and it was – you know, guys showed up to work. You got to keep the lines of communication open. You got to be honest. You know, you know, let them know you got to take responsibility as a coach. Because right, it's our job to put them in position, and then they got to, you know, you got to have honest conversation, watch the tape, and say, hey, we put you in position. Do you agree you should have made this play? Yes. And then they got to take ownership too. So it's just having honest communication. I'm not saying that my way works, but I mean, I know that's what kind of held us together and kept our our program from falling in shambles in 2022. Um, so, yeah, it's just honest conversation. So, Next up, we have Drake who would like to know, what's the coldest game you ever played in? <laughs> I thought about that over the weekend. I would have to easily – I would have to – man, I'd have to – the one that, and again, being so far removed from the game, 2002 we played a night game in Western Kentucky. That was a cold one. And 1996 – we played a night game in Washington Township in South Jersey, man. Those are two of the coldest games I think I've ever been a part of, man. So, but nothing like nothing like Washington, nothing like um, Kansas City or the Bills. I'm pretty sure about that. So, I don't know that game you guys had a few years ago on like the last game of the season. It was like November 15th. That, that was a pretty cold game, I remember. Um, yeah, but you know, it's a difference between coaching and playing. Like when you're coaching, man, you got gear on and you. For the most part, yeah, I can't remember being super, super cold as a coach, but as a player, I remember those two games specifically. I do. <laughs> Next up, we have John, who would like to know, he says, big wins for the men's basketball team, three in a row, Coach. We have McAllister, Bethel, and St. John's this week. Did we get a sweep? Listen, I'm very, very proud of those guys, man. Um, you know, like we say, it's a, we got a saying around here, when, when one team wins, everybody wins, so... I'm um, just super excited about that. Um, it's obviously a big one tonight. Uh, we can go down and get go down and, and get McAllister. Got to be huge. Anytime you play in McAllister in any sport, baseball, football, basketball, track, you want to beat those guys. I mean, that's 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 a that's a school rival. So that'd be a good one. They're coached up well. They got good. They got a good uh, coach down there. And I know a couple of our guys are going to get down to the game. I know I'll, 
I'll be watching it from my phone, um, and hopefully we can get a win. Now, I, I know that we're not completely done with the uh, playoffs here at the moment, So, but you could give us a little bit of preview on some of the games that we already know that will be set. So I believe that we're looking at Green Bay at San Francisco next week. So what are we thinking about that, Coach? Mm, how about, you know, I mean, how about these two historic um, organizations, right? Blue Bloods, been around for a while. I can remember being 12, 13, 14 years old watching Green Bay and, and, and the Niners battle it out for playoff spots. Um, you know what? I think it's going to be, man, I, I picked Packers last week. Oh, I think it's going to be very tough to go into San Francisco and get a win. But Jordan Love is playing really hot right now. Niners are rested, which that can go either way. Man, oh, boy, I love the defensive coordinator for the Niners. He's a former coach of mine, Coach Wilkes. Pulling for him to get a head job. So I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Niners. Oh, but that's that should be a good game. I, I don't think any of the AFC games are set because they have to wait to see who winds up going tonight. So we'll just have to wait and see what we wind up getting there for next week at this point. Correct. Uh, next up, we have Victor who would like to know, what's the quickest way someone can lose your trust? Hmm. The quickest way someone can lose your trust? I mean, you know, I think obviously if, you know, somebody just, you know, flat out lies to you about something, you know, you're definitely going to, be watching them a little bit more closely. So I'd probably say, you know, just if, you know, if you get lied to and lose, yeah, you lose trust that way. Uh, next up is Dan, who would like to know, is Coach Taylor one who sings in the shower? Uh, no, Coach Taylor sings in the car. <laughs> he sings in the car. There you go. <laughs> and our final question for you before we get into our words of wisdom this week come from Frank who would like to know, do you hold grudges or do you find that it's easy to let them go? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, uh, Coach Taylor can be, uh, he, he can be very petty at times. Absolutely. I, I hate to say that, but I don't want to lie. It's hard to let some things go, especially if you feel like you've been wronged or, you know, just something just didn't go the right way. So there, at times I have been, I hate to say this, but you know we have loyal fans, and I think I should be honest, but I can be petty at times. Absolutely, I, I can be. I can hold grudges. <laughs> Not healthy. And what are our what are our words of wisdom for this week? Uh, you know, just with uh, MLK Day, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. I just, I, you know, take some time to reflect. I saw this quote, which I thought was super cool. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in a moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Man, I, I, the thing I forget, the thing that I always forget about Dr. Martin Luther King um, is how young he was. Like, so I'm thinking, you know, they're, they're, the presentation this morning, they were talking about things he was doing at 26. I'm like, 26. I wasn't even thinking that way at 26, you know, and he, he died so early, man. So, I don't know. It's a, he was a remarkable man. Um, he, he fought and was fighting for a lot, you know, not just, you know, to have equal schools and um, to sit in the front of the bus. Yeah, all those things were cool, but, you know, really didn't, the heat really didn't get on him until he started talking about economics and money. That's when, that's when people started looking like, hey, hold on now. You know, we don't want to have that kind of talk. So, and he's missed, um, and hopefully we can, we can pull things together with this new, uh, regime coming in in the fall, and we can you know, we can be one people. So, fantastic, Coach Taylor. Thanks for joining us this week. All right, thank you for listening.